DC. Special performances by the legendary Plunky from Oneness of Juju and the dynamic Brandon Woody's Up Indu. Plus, don't miss the exclusive screening of the captivating Black Fire documentary. Tickets are available at songbirddc.com. That's S-O-N-G-B-Y-R-D-D-C.com. I'm Candy Shannon, and you are tuned to member-supported WPFW, Washington. DC. This is Joni, and we have a very important and I would say exciting uh, show in store for you today, although we're going to be talking about the ongoing genocide in in Gaza, but we're going to be speaking about it from the perspective of the many organizations and people who are stepping up, including this very week, to stop this genocide. And I'll uh, say more in a moment, but I, I just also wanted to give a tribute to a, a, a beautiful soul that we lost on Friday, Reuben, uh, Reuben Jackson, who was a poet and a, a musicologist heard on Sundays. And uh, yesterday, there was a beautiful tribute to him from four to six with Miles Davis and Jim Byers. I urge every one of you who knew him uh, to check that beautiful show out. Uh, today, we are in the last Monday of our pledge drive. We have a goal of $800, and uh, we have some fabulous gifts to offer you. Uh, but let me just say in a moment, we'll introduce our guests. We have five guests on today. We're definitely going to be hearing from all of them. And out of the five, we have three Palestinian activists, uh, one rabbi and Graylin Hagler, which I'm glad to introduce Graylin Hagler as the uh the creator of an organization called Faith Strategies. And we'll welcome Graylin on in a moment. But um, I want to just share the gifts that we have for you today. We have uh, last week, for those of you who heard us, we had Ayana Gregory on for the hour singing that powerful song, uh, Cease Fire, which we're going to hear a little bit of it at a, in a moment. Uh, Ayana has generously donated uh, three CDs, which we are offering in a package uh, that you can make a pledge for $89.30 and get all three CDs. And they include um, a children's album. And uh, I'm looking for my notes. Oh, dear. Let's see. A children's a- album, uh, an album that she did in honor of her dad, uh, and also an honor, uh, a CD that she did in, in honor of her mom. Uh, we are also offering the Harriet's Wildest Dreams t-shirts, and we're offering this week at a discounted price uh, for $50. You can get them. They're available in all sizes. And so to do that, you need to call 202-588-9739. And later on in the program, we are going to be hearing about a special Palestinian book that one of our wonderful guests has uh, managed to get donated for us. But with that, we're ready to roll now. And uh, let's hear a little bit, Mikey, of the um, Ayana Gregory singing Ceasefire Now. Time 
Okay, and we know we have a lot of work to do to make that vision that Ayana sings about happen. And we have the very people who are going to help to change this world of ours. Uh, in this first segment, we're going to be talking with Graylin Hagler, who has a very important meeting coming up on Tuesday. We're also going to be, uh, Graylin's going to be joined by Phil Farah, who is the Washington Alliance for Middle Peace co-founder and the Palestinian Christian Alliance for Peace. He's also been a guest on Democracy Now! just in this past December, and we hope that Phil will become uh will join us again in the near future when we have a little more time. And we'll be joined by Miranda, who is a activist with the Palestinian youth movement uh, for this first segment. But let's start with Graylin. Graylin, welcome. I'm so thankful that you can be with us. And of course, we continue to hear horrific coming from Gaza. Um, and and you, as usual, are stepping up for the plate saying that we must demand a ceasefire now, including right here in Washington, D.C. So welcome. And uh, you can start with whatever you'd like to say, but definitely we want to hear about the important meeting tomorrow night. Welcome. Thank you, Joni. It's good to be here. It's good to be here with everybody. And uh, just want to lift up and invite people to our meeting tomorrow night, Tuesday. 7 p.m. at Plymouth Congregational Church, 5301 North Capitol Street. And basically, we're going to be organizing, organizing around an actions that we need to do to try to convince the D.C. Council to move on things, uh, to pass, to create and pass a resolution on a ceasefire and humanitarian aid, but not only to stop there, but to focus at other councils, governmental councils in the DMV to get them do, to do the same thing. All across the country, city councils are passing resolutions demanding a ceasefire, creating a groundswell out there, which of course politicians are trying to ignore, but the more and more it happens, the, least it, the less it can be ignored. Uh, you know, one of the things that happened not too long ago was in Minneapolis. They voted a resolution for a ceasefire, and the mayor vetoed it. But the council turned around and overrode the mayor's veto. So that the mayor had to come out and explain why he tried to veto it in the first place. So it was really a, a, a strong issue, a issue that really showed that one, that council was together. You can look at Chicago. The new black mayor in Chicago broke the tie in the Chicago City Council and got that passed. What we're advocating is to start with here in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, to make a statement, a statement around saving lives and stopping war, a statement around humanitarian aid, reaching people who are right now the victims of war, just simply calling for a ceasefire and humanitarian aid. Just imagine, if people are against that, then what are they for? If they're against a ceasefire and humanitarian aid, then they must be for more war and more death. I don't think that we are there morally, ethically, consciously. We should be calling for a ceasefire and humanitarian aid. So we're going to be organizing Tuesday night, Plymouth Congregational, United Church of Christ, 7 p.m. at 5301 North Capitol Street, Northeast Washington, D.C., to create a mechanism and a ongoing movement that's going to press the case of bringing about a resolution and continuing to lift up our conscience around what is going on in Gaza. 
Absolutely. And uh, listeners, I want to see a lot of you there. I'm, I'm definitely going to be there, as well as a number of our guests who you'll be hearing from. And uh, an extra boost will be we have at least two singers, beautiful, powerful singers. Lucy Murphy is going to be here, there singing the song that she, beautiful song called Palestine, together with the D.C. Black Workers uh <laughs> singers, a chorus. Uh, and also Ayanna Gregory is going to be coming and you will hear her sing the entire ceasefire song, a powerful five minute song. So we hope to see you again tomorrow night, 7 p.m. at Plymouth Congregational Church right there on North Capitol Street. And I'm honored and pleased and thankful to to welcome our next guest on. Uh, and Grayland's going to, of course, stay with us. I'm hoping that all of our guests can stay with us to make a final comment. But right now we're um, bringing in Phil Farah, who is the co-founder of the Palestinian Christian Alliance for Peace. And I'm honored to have met him in recent days. And welcome, Phil, Dr. Phil. <laughs> Oh, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Joni. Uh, thank you, Reverend Hagler. And thank you, P- uh, WPFW. Um, this is really like a rare voice of uh, truth uh, in this morass of uh, mainstream media that is really not speaking truth to power. In fact, uh, they are often parroting the lies that uh, Israel, um, the Israeli propaganda machine uh, perpetrates uh, and uh, I'm a long time, uh, do- I donate to WPFW. I have done so for many years, and I urge. <laughs> well, well, we'll get to the urging of the donations, but let's hear a little bit about you. Uh, you are, have Palestinian roots. Uh, tell us a little bit about you and your family and, and the urgency of now. What's going on if people listen to Democracy Now!, you know, just constant killing of children and people in the hospital, nurses. But you, you're playing a very critical role with the Palestinian Christian Alliance for Peace. So share with us a little bit about what, what we need to do and what you've been doing, which I know right. is a lot. Yeah, I'm a Palestinian. Uh, I was born and raised in Jerusalem. Uh, I immigrated at the age of 27 and um, to the U.S. And uh, but three of my grandparents are from uh, Gaza, and um, uh, I, they, I still have relatives in Gaza. And one of them actually was uh, a victim of um, the uh, genocide. Um, so um, she, her name was Elham Farah, an 84-year-old music teacher. Uh, she was um, taking refuge, like uh, all the almost all the Palestinian Christian community in Gaza were taking shelter in two churches. It's a tiny community now, uh, the Church of Saint Prophyrius, which is uh, the church where my uh, father, aunts, and uncles. Uh, and grandparents were baptized. Um, that church was bombed by Israel. Uh, the compound was bombed, um, and 18 uh, of the Christians sh- sheltering there were killed, including some distant relatives. Elham fortunately survived well. Uh, she moved to the other church where the rest of the community were sheltering, uh, a Catholic church by the name of the Holy Family. Um, and after two months of um, of sheltering there, she just wanted to go home and take a shower. She just wanted to go home, you know, and check on her house, take a shower. And um, while she was uh, walking um, towards her house, an Israeli sniper shot her. Now, when an Israeli sniper shoots at an 84-year-old woman, you know what the message is. The message is that nobody is safe, Mm -hmm. whether they come from a church or whether they are 84 years old or a woman or a child or anything. Uh, So she bled for hours. Anybody who tried to come and uh, pull her out um, uh, of yeah, uh, was shot at, so nobody could reach her. The ambulances couldn't reach her because the Israelis were shooting all over the place and uh, the roads were bad anyway. 
hard to hard for hard for ambulances to reach so she bled for hours and the next morning an israeli tank actually went over her body and we don't know whether she was still alive or dead already um so you know this is the message uh, that israel is sending to uh, the world and uh, to the people of gaza that there is not a chair. by the way there were two um uh, other women uh, who were killed in that Catholic church by Israeli snipers. Again, you know, a sniper knows exactly who they're shooting at. Mm -hmm. And um, they, uh, Israel also sent a rocket into that uh, compound. And, and uh, it has a shelter for um, disabled people, some of them on life support. And the uh, generator um, uh, was damaged and uh, was no longer functioning. So uh, um, you know, that's the kind of um, message that Israel sends to all the people of Gaza. Uh, no hospital is safe. No church is safe. No school, UNRWA schools are not safe. So many uh, uh, Palestinian doctors have been shot sometimes by snipers inside their hospitals, inside the hospital. Doctors and nurses have been killed. Um, children are... Um, Newborn babies on incubators have lost their life because Israel won't allow fuel into the um, hospitals. It's just an unbelievable genocide. Uh, and, you know, the world is uh, watching in plain sight. This is happening in plain sight of the whole world. And, you know, um, so so yes. that's that. Uh, yes. And my group, the Palestinian Christian Alliance for Peace, uh, uh, has been active uh, for many years advocating uh, for the rights of Palestinians, but um, we're doing what we can. Um, but, you know, um, the uh, ears of the administration, uh, which is totally, totally complicit in the genocide, Absolutely. Are, are shut. Absolutely. And we're very honored. I'm very honored to meet you, Dr. Philip Farah, and we hope to have you on a lot <laughs> in the future. Uh, and I'm going to ask uh, Miranda, who's an activist with the Palestinian youth movement, to share uh, some of the powerful uh, protests that Palestinian youth movement led. I just want to briefly say, as I've said in the past, that I come from a family where on my grandmother's side, 37 people were killed in the in the gas chambers. And I used to wonder, well, I used to think about it as a child. How could people be so evil and cruel? Well, now I see very clearly. I'm, I'm seeing it's very easy to see that, that human beings uh, do this for fair, various reasons. It's obviously we need to put a stop to it. Miranda, welcome. Hi, Joni. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for being with us. Uh, tell us a little bit about you and the Palestinian youth movement and then uh, about the very important civil disobedience that you, uh, PYM, organized a few weeks ago. Uh, sure. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to be here with Reverend Hagler and Dr. Farah. It's great to be here with you guys. And Allah yarhamma, Ammo, I didn't realize. I'm so sorry to hear about Alham. Um, and the, the Palestinian youth movement, we are a transnational, independent, grassroots movement of young Palestinians dedicated to the liberation of our homelands and people. And um, we are here mobilizing our community of young Arab youth, but also our, our wider base and community, because we understand that we have a special role in diaspora. You know, for the last 75 years, Zionists have attempted to frag fragment us. They've tried to make us feel like we're not the same as our people back home in within the 48 borders or in the West Bank or in Gaza. And they also believe that, you know, with enough time, young people will forget and that we're not going to have a strong attachment to our homeland. But we are here to stand in unity with our people back home to show that we have not forgotten our cause and that we'll continue to do whatever we can to liberate our people in Palestine. Um, and so I think the, the action that you're talking about is on February 1st. Um, many organizers across D.C. shut five major entrances into D.C. in the morning as war criminals were on their way to work. Mm. Um, and this is important, you know, because we are living in D.C., really in the, the heart of empire, the belly of the beast, the people who are making these decisions to 
send billions of dollars in aid to Israel to bomb and genocide our people are just going to work in the city that we live in. And so we have a responsibility to shut it down, to say that there's going to be no business as usual. And so we had um, activists uh, put themselves in the middle of the road and refuse to leave and shut down five entrances into D.C. from the suburbs. And to be really clear, the reason that we did that is that we have very specific demands. We are calling for an immediate and permanent ceasefire. Um, we are calling on lifting the siege in Gaza because the people there are starving. They need food, they need water, they need medicine, and they're being completely suffocated. Um, we need freedom for all of our Palestinian prisoners, all of the people who are being tortured, some as young as 12 years old who are locked up without trial. And we need an end to all U.S. aid to Israel, the billions of dollars that are being sent to Israel constantly, while people here don't have health care, they don't have public housing, we don't have public education. Um, we Another one of our demands is hands off of Yemen. The people of Yemen have taken a strong stance in support of Palestine to try to end the war machine, and they are now suffering at the hands of the U.S. bombing them. And finally... Uh, the refunding of UNRWA, the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees, that is really the lifeblood for for Palestinian refugees, and they provide critical services for us. Absolutely. So those were our demands. Absolutely. Yeah. And anyway, we need Miranda, Miranda, what? this is Reverend Agla. <laughs> I hope somebody from the Palestinian youth can come to the meeting on on tomorrow night. Yes, yes of course, of course, Reverend Hagler. Yeah, we we will be there. All right, let me know who's to speak. Okay. Okay, great. Again, you're listening to Heal DC. This is a special show update on the genocide in Gaza and what people are doing right here in DC to stop it. But one part of stopping it is keeping WPFW strong. We have a goal of $650 today, and we need folks to step up to the plate. Uh, we have several uh, thank you gifts. Ayana uh, Gregory's has a package of three CDs. I Dream a World, which is a beautiful children's uh, CD. Ballad for My Father, a uh, tribute to Dick Gregory. And Mama, this one's for you for her beautiful uh, Lillian Gregory. Those three CDCs can be yours for a pledge of $89.30. Or you can just get the children's CD for a pledge of $40. Uh, And we are uh, also offering T-shirts, Harriet's Wildest Dreams, for a discounted price of $50. And we have a very special book that Miranda is going to be sharing with us. Before she does that, let me remind people of the numbers, 202-588-9739 or 1-800-222-9739. You can also pledge on Cash App. And Kim Bay, who you can hear every Saturday from 4 to 6, is helping me. Uh, And perhaps Kim can jump in and remind people how to make a, a Cash App pledge. And if yes, any- <laughs> you, can, you can pledge via Cash App. You have your telephone in your hand. You just type dollar sign WPFW. That's dollar sign WPFW. Make sure you indicate that the um, donation is going to to heal DC and include your email address. And we are patiently awaiting the first pledge to get us started. Yes, thank you so much, Kim. The first pledge, who's going to be the first pledge to help stand up and make sure that PFW stands strong for justice and, and peace and, and and jazz and putting an Tony, end to what genocide? Is your goal? $650. Goal. $650. Okay, $650. Yes, so we can get that in one pledge. Yes, we can. People, Someone could donate uh, a sustaining pledge for $30 a month, and that would be bring us pretty close. But I want to ask Miranda to talk briefly about the book that she has donated uh, for us. Uh, it's a palace. It's written by a Palestinian author. I believe it's a novel. So Miranda, tell us uh, briefly a little bit about this, this book. Yes. Yeah, so the book is called Trinity of Fundamentals. It's written by a Palestinian author named Wissam Rafidi. He was a political prisoner held by the Zionists in captivity for years um, as a result of trying to organize um, and, and liberate Palestine. Um, he, while he was in prison, he wrote a novel about his experiences um, working for Palestine. And uh, 
he wanted to be able to release that his works but the the zionists were trying to steal um, everything that he was writing from inside the prison so what he actually did was he wrote his novel in very very small text on tiny pieces of paper he put that in little pill capsules when people came to visit him in the prison he gave people the pill capsules they swallowed them when they left they would release them open the pill capsules and then transcribe every single thing he wrote and little by little that is how he was able to release his entire novel trinity of fundamentals from prison and so I think that just goes to show the resilience of Palestinians. <laughs> we will not be stopped. And yes. especially our prisoners, um, even though they're put in captivity, they're put in solitary confinement to try to get them to stop advocating for our cause, they will find a way. And so over the last two years, the Palestinian youth movement has been working with him to translate that book from Arabic into English. And it is now available for purchase. It's called Trinity of Fundamentals. It's being published by 1804 Books. You and can buy it online. No, no, we're, we're not. We're, we're really asking people to make a pledge for this book. Miranda. Oh, yeah, please. We please cannot continue. We need to make sure our wonderful staff, their tiny staff, such as Magic Mike, gets paid. We have to. We have to pay a few people here to keep this radio station on. We we don't even have heat in the building now, but we need to keep the lights on and electricity on. Make sure the bathroom is working. Please, folks, somebody pledge. $50 for this special book that has just come out. Again, 202-588-9739. We just have three copies, and you can be one of the first people to pledge. But we're going to move on to uh, introduce our another uh, fabulous activist guest that we have on uh, today, and that is Andrew Cadi. And he is one of the co-founders of an organization called the DC Coalition for Cease Fire Now. And he also has a Palestinian uh, roots. Welcome, Andrew. Morning, Joni. Uh, thank you for having uh, us on, all of us. And uh, <laughs> Uh, it is really a pleasure to be on with uh, some of these wonderful people here. Yes, including you. And um, I know I first uh, heard about DC Coalition for Ceasefire Now. It was maybe a month ago already when you organized uh, a press conference in front of the Wilson Building to try to demand and push the DC City Council to take a stand for Ceasefire Now. But before we go into a little anymore. Tell us a little bit about you and uh, what inspired you to help to found this organization, DC Coalition for Ceasefire Now. Sure. I mean, um, in terms of background, you know, I'm a Palestinian and Egyptian. Um, my family live across all of historic Palestine. So that includes what's now Israel. Um, you know, that means that they are Palestinian citizens of Israel. For folks who don't know or aren't familiar, one in five Israeli citizens are actually Palestinians, but don't live equally under the law. So they live under uh, almost like a Jim Crow-like set of laws that prevent them from buying land in most of the country, prevent them from being able to rent now, even in, in most of the country. So over 80% of the country uh, is allowed to have admissions committees under the Israeli law, which facilitates determining whether someone is a quote unquote social fit for the for the area that they're moving into. Um, Palestinians within Israel cannot marry whoever they want, uh, and uh, you know they are underfunded in services despite paying the same amount in taxes, uh, and by and large are discriminated against by over sixty laws. Uh, that if folks are interested in reading, they could find at the Adela, the Legal Center for Minority Rights. Um, and I, I mean, th that is where most of my family are. Some of my family live in Jerusalem, and I've got family, extended family in Gaza. Um, you know, I, I will say that uh, something I'd like to to mention, I, um, you know, I, I Philip spoke earlier of his relative, uh, Ilham Farah. And I just want to say, you know, for those of us uh, living in the diaspora uh, as Palestinians, we are watching this unfold and we really see ourselves in those who are being killed on a daily basis. And one of the ones that really hit me hard was uh, Philip's uh, relative, Ilham Farah, in particular, because she actually was a music teacher. She was somebody that, uh, in all of the descriptions I read from her relatives, 
really embodied the spirit that my mother embodied. My mother passed away in 2020. And, you know, reading about her death really re-triggered my grief. Yes. And I think that's something that we sometimes forget that people are watching. And I know Black folks in America know what that feels like, watching something unfold like that and seeing some yourself in somebody and re-experiencing that. And that's really that's another dimension that really doesn't get spoken about much that we are all collectively grieving um, over and over again, as we read the stories of these families that are being killed one after another um, with our tax dollars and our weapons. Absolutely. And uh, you shared with me, Andrew, and I've heard also that uh, it's quite disturbing when you hear the responses of some of the uh, D.C. City Council people, including the chair, and I'll, I'll, I'll say his name, Phil Mendelson. It's just um, outrageous. I've heard that he said, he said to people privately, please don't talk to him about it. It's too controversial. But somehow it's not controversial to him that you can kill and slaughter 30,000 people. But anyway, it's, it's, I think it's particularly important that the capital of this so-called nation, which it is, needs to take a stand and we need to and Dr. you know Graylin Hagler and others that's why it's so important to do more to demand that they can't be help, get away with murder we're letting them get away with with a genocide so um absolutely Andrew t- tell if you want to tell any of the stories I, about I could definitely absolutely I could talk a little bit about so we we formed this coalition um, out of folks coming from a variety of organizations uh, essentially after we saw that not only did uh, most council members not really speak out about Palestinian civilians being killed uh, in those first couple of weeks after having given statements regarding the October 7th attack but Beyond that, we saw that the Wilson building was lit up in the colors of the Israeli flag. That's something that went on for 40, oh, nearly 40 days. Uh, we saw that the Israeli government, we subsequently found out, was brought in for a briefing with council. And that's, that's the Israeli government came in for a briefing before the council heard from any constituents. I mean, if you, you, whether, whatever, when you think about a ceasefire, a ceasefire impacts everyone right, including Jewish Israelis. They didn't hear from Jewish Israelis. They didn't hear from Palestinian residents of the district. They heard from the Israeli government. And I think that that's very telling in terms of how this issue is being pushed and how it's being treated. Um, Once we learned, I think, about the Israeli government briefing, and then we realized, you know, in the context of the mayor who's taken uh, promotional trips to Israel as recently as 2019, that the MPD continues its trainings with the Israeli police and military, um, we felt the need to sort of mobilize and start to gather the voices of residents of the district uh, in opposition to what is going on and to start to put some pressure on the council to make the right decision uh, to introduce a ceasefire resolution to call for a ceasefire. At minimum, initially one of the demands was to have a briefing and hear from residents of the district who are impacted Uh, which they did do. And for folks who are interested in uh, taking action or want to know how they can plug into this uh, or uh, either to sign the letter or take action, the uh, URL for that is for folks who know bit.ly, it's bit.ly slash DC ceasefire toolkit, all lowercase. So that's bit.ly DC ceasefire toolkit. And that's got all the different ways that you can plug into this particular campaign. And again, I want to honor all the sort of um, organizing that's being done beyond this campaign, including by PYM, uh, including Reverend Hagler, including PCAP, Palestinian Christian Alliance for Peace. Yes, and, and, and I think that's, again, why it's so important people come out tomorrow night, 7 p.m., because we have to do more. Uh, you know, everyone's trying, people are trying, but we have to do more. I, for one, li- would like to see some picketing in front of these, uh, especially perhaps the council chair's home. Uh, we can't allow people to get away with slaughter and genocide. Uh, maybe we're just about out of time, but Andrew, for this segment, but Andrew, if you could just mention there are city council people who have stood up, and of course they're being attacked. Um, I don't know if you want to mention Sure. I mean, we we've heard, um, you know, we I think Council Member Janice Lewis George and Council Member Zach Parker 
both, uh, I believe, called for ceasefire on social media uh, with like lengthy statements. And uh, it's clear that at, as council members, they still haven't introduced a, a ceasefire resolution. Um, no one has. And I think a large part of that is um, is that fear of being attacked. Uh, we've heard a lot about a, like a local lobby and the pressure that they're feeling. Um, not just those two, but more broadly, we've heard that from four council members or five council members now. Um, and, you know, we also have some council members who historically have been uh, really progressive for folks who have seen probably council member Brianna Doe, who's uh, considered a progressive. I would uh, argue all of her votes have been that way. And she has come out and said some really weird things regarding this issue. So well, that doesn't surprise me, frankly. But um, there was, unless I'm mistaken, but I believe uh, the one council member that you told me about was th there was a movement to try to get him uh, out of the council. If that's correct, that's right? Yeah, we we uh, had a constituent just, just thirty seconds, ten seconds for sure. that. Is that sure, true? Sure, sure. We had a, a constituents report back a positive meeting with a council member at Charles Allen, but there is an effort to get Charles okay, Allen. Okay, so that's involved. very important for listeners to know. There's an organized effort. I believe you. Someone told me it was by the Republicans uh, in the in the federal arena, trying to get Charles Allen out of the city council. Um, because he's standing up against uh, genocide. So, listeners, that's why we, we need, I know, I and I sh I'm sure many of the my guests hear this as well, I hear so many people who tell me they're not watching, they're not listening to the news because it's too upsetting. That's why WPFW is so important. We need to keep WPFW strong. We don't have any pledges yet, folks. And so, again... PFW can't be around without your support. We don't get money from the gun manufacturers. We don't get money from the pharmaceutical companies. We don't get money from the people uh, who do us harm. We are trying to tell you the truth, and that's why we don't get a lot of support from the capitalist system, frankly. We need your support. 202-588-9739-1800-2800. 222-9739. We also bring you jazz and music and po and positive things, but we also need to be telling the truth about what's going on in this nation of ours. We have wonderful thank you gifts, including Ayana Gregory's uh, three beautiful CDs for a pledge of 89.30. Uh, we have this powerful Palestinian book for a pledge of $50.00. We have a lot of other thank you gifts as well. But please, folks, because, uh, you know, things happen in, in, in this country. We, we are not guaranteed that PFW is going to be around. We need your Johnny, help. can you let them know they can pledge online as well in the privacy of their home? WPFWFM.org. There's a Donate Now button, upper left-hand corner. Click on it. Make sure to Heal DC is showing in the drop-down menu and pledge away. Absolutely. And, um, you know, perhaps some of the organizations that are working uh, to mobilize people to stand up against the genocide uh, can also make a pledge. Um, we do have a number of shows that do speak about this uh, throughout the week, but we need your support, folks. We need your support. Uh, at least be the first. Uh, we usually, I've been on the air for many years, uh, we usually always get pledges in. I know it's a rough time for some people, but uh, please, folks, uh, make a stand in support of the people uh, in Palestine. Make a s support of the people in Gaza and the people in our community who are working to make a difference. Uh, 202 588 Two 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 nine seven three nine and Phil Farah, you say you're, you've you've often pledged on PFW, and um, so we hope others listening, who have pledged before, uh, will pledge now. It's we we know it's a difficult time for some folks, but we we need your support. Uh, in a moment, but anyway, I'm 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 going to continue to keep my head up because I know what we're doing here at the station is right and it, it needs to be shared what the truth of what's going on 
Uh, in a moment, we're going to be hearing from uh, Rabbi Alyssa Wise, who will be talking about a pilgrimage from Philadelphia to Washington, D.C. They're coming into town uh, Wednesday, and I believe that is uh, Rabbi Wise, who is joining us now. And let me just uh, welcome her a little bit more. Uh, Rabbi Wise um, is one of the lead organizers for Rabbis for Ceasefire. And we remember we talked about when you first started, I think it was early in January, Rabbis for Ceasefire. She was also the interim co-director of Jewish Voice for Peace and helped to make it grow from six chapters to now over 60. She supported the Presbyterian Church USA's divestment from Israel, occupation. Uh, and uh, she's also with an organization that those of us who are from New York City have heard of, uh, Jews for Racial and Economic Justice. So uh, with that said, welcome, Rabbi Wise. Hi, thank you for having me. And thank you for being with us. We again hope to have you on again for a longer segment. But tell us about this pilgrimage you've been marching have you been part of the marches from philadelphia and you're landing in dc wednesday how's the marching been oh it's been so wonderful we've done 70 miles together so far today we're going um from joppa maryland to baltimore tonight we actually have a big rally at uh pain memorial ame church in baltimore with a bunch of uh multi-faith organization. So we're going to have a big multi-faith prayer service tonight in Baltimore. So if there's any listeners who want to join us at Payne Memorial AME Church tonight, there's going to be a multi-faith prayer service at 7 p.m. But it's been a beautiful experience. You know, I've never done a pilgrimage, but, you know, this effort was initiated through by Faith for Black Lives um, and the National Council of Churches, who has been organizing all the back end. And, a lot of the leaders of this march have actually done this multiple times. One of them did a 700-mile march for the Voting Rights mm-hmm. Act from Atlanta to D.C. So, you know, it's interesting to be integrated into the spiritual practice of pilgrimage. And, you know, what we're seeing on the walk is that people are, you know, coming from all over, right? There's a college student who, like, got found the email in her spam box and was inspired to come. She got it from the Fellowship of Reconciliation email list all the way from Humboldt County, California, jumped on a plane to walk the entire seven days. Um, There was somebody who encountered us along the route and joined us for two days walking, right? Um, And people are coming across faith, across race, across age, Um, And we're building relationships. Everybody's at the end is exchanging numbers to stay in touch, right? It's because you have these long hours to kind of share each other's stories, hear what brought them to the pilgrimage. Um, And, you know, as we're walking down what are, you know, the strip malls and mundane streets, you know, um, you know, we're bringing a kind of spiritual and moral power to it. And um, as we pass people on the street, we're getting lots of supportive honks from trucks and from passersby. And, you know, it's been a really special experience, you know, and we've coming together with this, you know, purpose of demanding President Biden and the Congress act for ceasefire, you know, and the whole thing was put together in just over three weeks, um, which a lot of marches like this, take a year to plan, right? Well, but not we these days. <laughs> not right, these days. There's an urgency to it, you know, mm-hmm. so it's kind of been emergent. And, you know, one day we... But, you know, but, have but, been... well, I'm sorry, Rabbi, I want you yeah. to tell people, because we in Washington, D.C., sometimes are the last to know about these national marches. <laughs> so it's very important. We have millions of people who live in this area who are very yeah. concerned. So let's just make sure we clearly say... What's happening at what time yes. and where? Yes. Okay. So tomorrow we still have another day walking through um, Maryland and parts of, yeah, and through Maryland tomorrow. And then Wednesday morning is our final leg. Um, we're going to be marching into D.C. Um, we're going to be finding ourselves when we, once we get to D.C. at 1 p.m. at Lafayette Park. 
So everyone, we really want to, it would be wonderful if our pilgrims were greeted by a huge crowd oh. of supporters when we got yes. there to Lafayette Park. And, so, And, and of course, everyone, we, we, I'm sorry, we know that the only way to have thousands of people from the D.C. area there, we need to make sure that people know about it. <laughs> and yes. I must say, I haven't, I, I haven't heard much about it yet, but that, folks... If you're listening, we know how these rallies are important. And uh, I just want to ask Reverend Hagler to, because uh, I didn't ask him this before, but in general, and you, and you mentioned um, the faith community. I just want Reverend Hagler to share a little bit about his organization, Faith Strategies, and how many, and and the because I meet them, the powerful, uh, mostly black ministers who are very active in ceasefire now movement. Can you can you just share that with us, Reverend Hagler? Sure. Faith Strategies uh, consists of about eighty clergy um, from many different walks of life. Some in the church, some of them doing community ministry, but people who are engaged on the social justice component. One of the things that the clergy continue to raise an issue, and that is, is that all of these national movements tend to ignore locally DC. And that's a problem. Cause let me remind you a little history. 1984, this is, this is uh, 2024, 1984, Walter Fontroy, Randall Robinson, Mary Berry, set in at the South African Embassy and kicked off the Free South Africa Movement in the US. That emanated from DC because DC is a fishbowl and we exist as clergy in this fishbowl all the time. And we deal with local issues which have national impact. So it's important that folks make a connection <laughs> continually with local clergy and organizations because we're here 24 hours a day, 365 days a year and, and can make an impact. Yeah. And that's important. Also, I think that the issues become, yes, we support the movements that are bringing social change and are speaking to justice. We support them. We support the march that's coming from Philadelphia. We support all of these different movements. But we're asking that folks begin to sharpen their strategy. Everybody. Sharpen their strategy by realizing that there is a vital connection that should be made and can be made in Washington, D.C. Yes, and I'm, I'm sure Rabbi Wise is doing what she can do. And, and perhaps, um, Phil, you may want to jump in, but we also have some very good news about our pledges. Uh, may, maybe let's, let's do that real quick, and then I'm going to ask uh, Phil Farah to make a comment about the pilgrimage coming in on Wednesday. And we want folks to tell your neighbors, tell your friends, tell yourselves that you can you can make it there. Kim, um, Help us uh, announce some of the, the uh, I hear what we're, <laughs> in these few yes. moments we went, went over our goals. So tell us. Um, You're tell doing us. exceptionally well. Uh, we have quite a few people to thank. Thank you, Pamela Rogers out of Capitol Heights, Maryland. Thank you for your very generous credit card pledge. Michelle Tingling Yes, and Michelle Washington. is the original host of this show, and we pay tribute to her husband, who's now an ancestor, but I know Rick Tingling Clements is helping out as well. And <laughs> she is challenging all New Yorkers and other immigrants. <laughs> Phil Portlock out of... Um, hey, Phil! Oh, that is yes. great. A longtime activist. Very generous pledge. Thank you, Phil. And Reverend Graylin Hagler, thank <laughs> you for your very, very generous pledge. Uh, Bridget out of Washington, D.C. She secured the um, Harriet's <laughs> Wildest Dreams t-shirt. She says, stay strong. She wants to challenge all UCC church members to donate. Nancy <clears throat> out of Silver Spring, thank you for your generous pledge. And Terry out of Bowie, Maryland, web credit card pledge. 
Wow, thank you. And I must say, a lot of those are my people, my friends. So thank you, friends. But actually, all listeners of PFW are friends as well. So you can um, keep making those pledges, 202-588-9739 or 1-800-222-9739. And I don't know if anyone's pledged for that Palestinian book that's available for $50. But um, let's let me because uh, we're going to be soon running out of time. But Phil Farad, tell us your uh, what you have to say about the rally that's going to be taking place as this pilgrimage for peace comes into Washington, D.C. And the rally, I believe, is being called for 1 p.m. Wednesday at the White House. Yeah, first, uh, let me start by giving the website for the uh, pilgrimage. It's pilgrimageforpeace.org, easy, pilgrimageforpeace.org, and you can follow the progress of the uh, pilgrims. And yeah, please, uh, I urge folks to attend uh, one o'clock on Wednesday at the White House. There'll be a uh, vigil. And um the role of the faith community is extremely important. Uh, you know, uh, there, my group actually, the Palestinian Christian Alliance for Peace, focuses on uh, uh, faith communities. And, um, you know, in 2014, I believe, yes, uh, the, uh, the uh, Presbyterian Church USA uh, voted to, in, in their conference, um, I think it's a biannual conference, if I'm not mistaken. They voted to divest um, and from from uh, companies that profit from the occupation and boycott products made in the illegal Israeli settlements. And it was front page news in the New York Times. And since then, many of the mainline Protestant denominations have also passed uh, divestment uh, resolutions, divesting church pension funds uh, from companies that profit from the occupation, like Caterpillar. You know, you see the uh, horrible um, Caterpillar um, bulldozers uh, as very much an an essential part of the destruction that is being visited on Gaza. And uh, and we're we're so, I'm sorry we're almost out of time. I want to make sure that Rabbi Wise uh, makes please. a final statement as well as um, uh, a few of the our other guests. So Rabbi Wise, uh, you're coming Wednesday. What what would you like to uh, share with our listeners to make sure they 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 come? Yes. Um, well, I I think that right now you know when we gather, there'll be a chance for multi faith public worship in Lafayette Park. And, you know, it's really important that given the crisis that's looming in Rafa, we have to bring all of our moral and spiritual and political power to demand this ceasefire now. Um, The moment couldn't be more urgent. So, you know, I know everybody's doing all they can, and we want to encourage you to come and be part of this historic multi-faith effort um, and ensure that our prayers and our demands for ceasefire are heard in the White House. So please join us 1 p.m. Lafayette Park. Yes, and thank you so much, Rabbi Wise. Uh, Maybe I'll get a chance to meet you. But I'm also going to meet, hopefully, a lot of the listeners tomorrow night. And we're just about out of time. But I want to ask Reverend Hagler to make his final um, invitation and encouragement to come out tomorrow night to Plymouth Congregational Church for this very important mobilization that's going to be more than talking. There will be singing, and we're going to hear Lucy Murphy take us out in a moment. But, Reverend Hagler, your final. Yeah, join, us, join us tomorrow at Tuesday, Plymouth Congregational United Church of Christ, 5301 North Capitol Street, Northeast, Washington, D.C. And we're going to be planning direct action, direct action to elevate the urgency and the importance of being able to stand up and resist genocide. And to basically, we have to call it for what it is. It is genocide. Yes. It is an attempt to totally annihilate the Palestinian population. And we need to call it for what it is. 
And folks need to understand that this has been going on for more than 75 years. And so we need to name it. We need to call it out. We need to challenge folks. Be with us tomorrow at Plymouth, 7 p.m. Absolutely. We need to know, as Dr. King said, the urgency of now. I want to thank our our fabulous guest, Phil Farah, uh, with the Christian Alliance for Palestinian Peace, um, as well as Miranda, Miranda with the Palestinian Youth Movement, uh, and uh, Andrew with the D.C. Coalition of Ceasefire Now, uh, Rabbi Wazi. Can you thank Andrew for his pledge? He th- he made a cash out pledge. Wow. Okay. So we we definitely made over the goal. You want to just uh, summarize, uh, Kim, before we go out with uh, Lucy Murphy's powerful song. Okay. Once again, Andrew, thank you so very much. Terry out of Bowie, Maryland. Nancy, Silver Spring, Maryland. Bridget, Washington, D.C. Reverend Graylin Hagler, Washington, D.C. Phil Portlock. Yay. And Michelle Tingling Clemens <laughs> and Pamela Rogers. Thank you so very much. Keep the pledges coming yes. in. 202 588 And we're going out with Lucy Murphy, who you can hear tomorrow night if you come to Plymouth Congregational Church. And you will hear her singing this song with her whole entire choir from the Black Workers Center. If you think of the Middle East in this modern time, you can't help but say the word Palestine. People there have lost their land. Some have lost their home. They live in other countries. Their freedom almost gone. Palestine. Needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love. Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love. There seems to be no answer to give us the reason why. People cannot live, so no one has to die. We've got to take a stand for freedom, take a stand for truth, take a stand for justice. That's what we've got to do, cause Palestine needs her freedom. and the Francis Gregory Neighborhood Library invite you to celebrate Black history through poetry from 3.30 to 5 o'clock p.m. Saturday, February 24th at 3660 Alabama Avenue Southeast, Washington, D.C. as they present African Americans and the Arts. Collective voices whose members are Lady Di, Sister Joy, Bernardo, and Billy O'Hara are known for their messages of social consciousness, inspiration, and empowerment. In addition to their original poetry, the celebration will also feature an exhibit by Washington-area visual artist Jason Keene and conclude with a book signing. This event is free and open to all ages. WPFW, building a better world, one broadcast at a time. First man to die.
Scott Heron said, The revolution will not be televised, and yet we've seen oppression, suffering, and resistance streamed in real time across this country and around the world, from Palestine to DC. In times like these, it's imperative to have a station like WPFW that centers justice, reflects hope, and fosters solidarity throughout our music and public affairs programming. From February 4th through the 24th, we offer you the opportunity to partner with us in this critical work of liberation by donating during our winter pledge drive and ensuring that WPFW will be here to chronicle the revolution. WPFW, revolution.